The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Now, if you're listening to the AI Today podcast for the first time, the AI Today podcast is the place to go to hear interviews with AI thought leaders, insights into AI market trends and adoption in public and private sectors, and conversations on key topics focused on what's happening with AI today and in the future. Over the last four years and almost 200 episodes, We've interviewed some incredible AI influencers and thought leaders in industry, government, and research. And one of the things we're going to do in this podcast is share some of those amazing interviews and conversations we've had on the present and future of AI. We have also spent some time explaining key insights into the AI and cognitive technology markets, explaining how different industries are applying AI and emerging concepts in AI and machine learning. Long story short, if you want to understand how AI is being put into practice today and where it is heading, make sure to subscribe to the AI Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider and listen to our hundreds of episodes. Go to AIToday.live to check out the full range of episodes, including special bonus episodes that are not included in our regular feed. Yep, we have some incredible bonus episodes, so hopefully you guys have been listening to them if this is not your first podcast, but if it is, we encourage you to check that out. So in today's podcast, as Ron mentioned, we want to have a recap of 2020, you know, some of the highlights that happened with the year and also some of our highlight podcasts. So I think that we can all say 2020 has been quite a year, to say the least. Quite a year. (laughs) (laughs) So with it, thankfully, quickly fading into our rearview mirrors. We wanted to reflect on the year that was and talk about some of the biggest, you know, headlines, some of our predictions for what we had predicted going into 2020, where things landed with that, and then also highlight some of those podcasts that we have. Because as Ron mentioned, we've had hundreds of podcasts. Now we're on our fourth year of the AI Today podcast, and we've had the opportunity to interview some incredible people. So we want to spend some time recapping that. So as most of you know by now, if you're regular listeners, Cognolytica is an AI market intelligence and education firm. We run various events throughout the year, and we produce research on the AI market. So we'll talk about some of those events and some of the research that we did. But first, we want to talk about um, what our predictions were for 2020. So we always try and have predictions for the upcoming years. We put these together at the tail end of 2019. And what a year it has been. Who would have Mm -hmm. ever predicted we would have had a global pandemic, worldwide shutdowns, you know, and, and really a total shift and change in how we work and interact with each other. So some of our predictions from 2020. Yeah, we'll just do them uh, one at a time and we'll kind of talk through them and and kind of go through whether whether we were right about some of these or wrong exactly. about some of these. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So one of the first predictions that we had was that 2020 will be the year for model as a service. Yeah, and what so we Ron, Yeah, what we meant by that and and we encourage you to listen we're going li- to we're going to link the AI today live it's kind of we have so many podcasts in this episode that would be kind of crazy to link all of them in the show notes but you should go back and listen to our 2019 predictions and one of the things that we were predicting basically coming off of of 2019 where we just saw the expansion 
of people putting models into production was that we believed that there was going to be an increasing marketplace for people who are selling these models as a service, right? That's what model as a service is. So it's, you know, models that do specific things, like models that do specific kinds of recognition or conversation or particular applications of predictive analytics or, you know, patterns of anomaly detection or any of the seven patterns of AI that we talk about. But but mostly those patterns, because it's hard to do autonomous as a service, perhaps, and maybe, maybe goal-driven as a service might be a little difficult, too, but um, or even hyper-personalization to some extent. But but really, you know, that's what we saw. Did that actually happen, though? Did, did we actually see a great expansion in public model-as-a-service uh, markets? And I would say it's a little bit of a mixed bag here because, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think in a lot of really niche industries like insurance or healthcare, we're starting to see more companies who have already produced models that are available for third-party consumption. But I don't really think we saw the widespread growth of model-as-a-service as as we we thought we did, right? (laughs) Right. You know, and that could be for a variety of different reasons. I know that it's still still something that's out there, but it just, it hasn't really, it, it hasn't become as popular as we thought in 2020. So, Maybe 2021 will be its year. Who knows? Yeah. One of the things we were going to do in 2020 that we didn't because of shifting priorities, of course, everything, everybody's priority shift is we were going, as Cognolytica, we were going to produce a report focused on models, just specifically on models of service and look what was out there. And we ended up focusing on other things. Actually, we ended up spending quite a bit more time on things like country level strategies and uh, worldwide laws and regulations and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. We will we will most likely take another look at this market in 2021. So I would say, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see in our 2021 predictions what we have to say about this part of the market. But uh, I think 2020 was pretty much a, a, a slow year for this for that corner. Exactly. Another prediction that we planned for 2020 was that machine learning operations or ML ops would really come to the fore. And I think that, you know, we've had we've had a report on MLOps. We've had a few podcasts on MLOps, both covering our report and then and I and I think that this prediction was really on point. We have seen tremendous growth in this market. It is a hot growing market. Uh, we like I said, we produced a report on 2020 on the MLOps space, and we plan to produce a future report on that in 2021 that will just talk about how this market has grown and matured and is really hot. So I think that this prediction really was on point. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things we're noticing is that a lot of the vendors in the ML platform space, which we talked about in a previous uh, podcast, are all getting into machine learning operations. You know, whether it's, you know, a lot of the machine learning platform vendors, a lot of the cloud vendors, all the cloud vendors are announcing ML ops capabilities. Um, Even the machine, there's like a bunch of now machine learning toolkits that are coming out for ops. In, in general, this is is the hot corner of the market to continue to pay attention to in 2021. And of course, we will continue to pay attention to it. Uh, vendors in this space will will probably find uh, they'll be raising a lot of money. There'll maybe a bunch of acquisitions. So no doubt, I don't want to do any predictions for 2021 in this podcast, but right. no doubt we were on point with uh, from the end of 2019, we had already seen that uh, MLOps was going to continue to be hot. And so, yeah, kudos for us on that. 
So, yeah. and then yes, we do have the machine learning lifecycle event coming up, which we'll talk about in more detail. I know we talk about this on a lot of podcasts, but MLOps is one area of that event. So, if you're interested in learning more, we encourage you to check that out at mllifecycle.com. Mm-hmm. So, let's continue with some of our predictions from last year. I mean, uh, some of these are pretty obvious, actually. <laughs> we, you know, responsible and ethical AI continues to be important. I mean, I can't tell you how many infinite number of conversations we've had on the topic of responsible and ethical and transparent and explainable. These are all sort of, they're all different words. They all mean different things, but they're all related to the idea of AI systems that you can trust, right? Trustworthy AI. And also AI systems that do the right thing and making sure that people who use those AI systems are doing the right thing. There have been so many conversations about things like facial recognition and algorithmic decision-making. I can't tell you how many panels Kathleen and I have have been on, panels that we've run, conversations right. we've had with industry groups. Almost every industry group, right, is focusing on this, and it is, it's almost. I would say it's it's being done correctly. It's almost like like everybody's talking about this, right? Right. I mean, it was so hot. We had two panels on this at our Data for AI conference that was back in September of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as Ron said, a lot of companies, a lot of governments, a lot of different, you know, folks, folks in industry worldwide are really focusing on this. So yeah, we were on point with this prediction, but it also was kind of an obvious one right. as mm -hmm. well. And we have another obvious one right after this one. <laughs> what was our next one? You know, the RPA market. So um, robotic process automation, if you're not familiar with it, are software tools that help you automate a lot of the tasks that humans do with software systems. So typing, clicking, swiping, et cetera, et cetera. They've been extremely hot because people have a lot of systems, people are trying to automate things, um, and people don't want to invest too much in in development, which the alternative mm -hmm. to, to doing RPA is to, to try to code the systems to talk to each other, which is very complicated. There's lots of security issues and data issues. And people are like, hey, if a person can do it with cutting and pasting, why can't I make a system do it? Which is like, like the very obvious no-brainer. There's you know, just like most robots, though, of course, most robots are not intelligent. They just they just repeat things. As a matter of fact, there's something something I was thinking about recently. When somebody like if somebody walked up to you on the street and said, Hey, you're acting robotic. That doesn't mean you're smart, does it? <laughs> no. And actually, it kind of means the opposite. If, if someone actually accused you of being robotic, they would say that you're just repeating things like, you know, monotonously over and over again, which is why it's funny that when people hear the word robot in the terms of AI, they think intelligence, which would actually, the term robot and intelligence do not go together. They, they are, uh, you can make intelligent robots, but you can also make intelligent other things that are not robots. And certainly mm -hmm. you have a lot of unintelligent robots. That being said, the RPA market did go kind of cuckoo in 2020, didn't it? It did. I mean, you know, we saw that uh, companies raised a lot of money, a few companies in particular. Mm -hmm. And then also due to COVID, we saw a lot of companies that maybe otherwise weren't looking to bring robotic process automation into their organizations or were, but were doing it slowly, really ramp up to try and keep up with the sudden shift of work from being in person to fully mm -hmm. remote. So we saw lots of government agencies do this, banks, mm -hmm. especially loans, my Lord, that process has been painful for some. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for, yeah. for most, so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so actually, I, I think that it is maturing, but the RPA market did see a boost from COVID. So 
Uh, we were not predicting that because who was predicting COVID? So, right. so we did see that. <laughs> that that would have been an amazing podcast. So people. Oh my gosh! Right. Oh my god, these guys are pre- predicting a global pandemic. That would have been crazy. I know, right? Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, <laughs> so so. And then our last go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kelly. For for 2020, was that we predicted that we would see voice assistant stagnation, at least in the enterprise, and I think this prediction was also on point. We have, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. voice assistants are around and I don't think they're going anywhere, but we haven't seen a tremendous uh, focus on it and adoption. I think that priorities for 2020 had shifted. Yeah. I, I'm kind of wondering a bit as to where this whole voice assistant thing is going. I know that Microsoft exited the voice assistant space. I think they, I don't remember if they announced it in 2020 or 2019, but they said they're no longer going to be doing Cortana. Um, and, you know, all these people like who claimed that they were going to be releasing products never really did. Samsung never really pushed out Bixby in any sort of big yeah. way. Um, you know, this is a little bit of an inside story here, but, you know, part of the reason why, you know, Kathleen and I, we've been working together even well before the Cognolytica years. We, we covered the startup and entrepreneurship space. And even prior to that, I've had experience with AI and, and machine learning going back decades. And Kathleen has, has had uh, much experience around technology, if you really want to look at our backgrounds. But one of the things that like specifically got us into focusing more heavily on AI was actually what was happening in the voice assistant space. You may not know this, that we were like looking at this increasing uh, adoption of voice technology and what that was meaning for the change to how people were going to interact. And, and we thought, oh, people were going to start moving to voice search and it was going to disintermediate companies who were highly dependent on web and mobile. And, you know, we, we, we started doing this, but it's actually been very um, disappointing, I should say. Yeah. It's been very disappointing. You know, uh, you know, Amazon has not dominated search. You know, you'd think that with all their devices out there that people were just going to be using Amazon all day searching for things. That's is not happening. You know, uh, Siri is, uh, you know, on the Apple is not the primary way that people are navigating and using their phone. Um, people are not using voice on their desktop like people thought they were, like just talking to their computers. Why is none of this really happening? You know, and you know, it's kind of it's a really weird disconnect because when you look at science fiction movies, people on Star Trek are talking to the computer, people on Star Wars are talking to machines. Nobody's got a keyboard. Oh my god, Star Wars! Can you imagine <laughs> Star Wars with a mouse and a keyboard? Air, I think what is right? Going- like whatever something displays your holograms and you touch them. <laughs> yeah, like okay, so it's, you know, yeah, uh, Minority Report, a little bit of you know, that going on. But like, by and large, it looks like people want to talk to systems. So my question is, why is that not really happening? Is it a little weird disconnect, isn't it? I think so. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and Ron and I also at Cognolytica for the past few years have produced a voice assistant benchmark. So if you're interested in that, we encourage you to Mm -hmm. check that out as well. We've had a few podcasts on that and reports as well. And I think in general, they're just the voice assistants just aren't where they need to be for people to really see and gain insights from it. I think there also might be a disconnect with voice assistants for personal use versus voice assistants for an enterprise use mm-hmm. with voice authentication, with security issues, with how much access you want to uh, provide users through voice. So I think that for a variety of different reasons, and now honestly, with most people working from home, the voice assistants in the enterprise just aren't really a thing. So yeah. 
I do think this prediction was on point. I think it's shifted, though, from how we had initially predicted it to the reality of today. Mm. But that it was also on point. And, you know, we always keep an eye on the voice assistant market. And like Ron said, it's just not growing at the rate we initially thought it would a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. When we they first really became popular. Yeah. We, I mean, I mean, uh, what we're, we're most likely almost definitely not going to be producing another, uh, iteration of the voice assistant benchmark. There's kind of really no, no point to it because I think we've already made the point repeatedly. The whole purpose <laughs> of the benchmark is to show how unintelligent these devices really are surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly if you spend much time talking to them, but they're really very unintelligent and, um, and by unintelligent, we mean like the ability to handle like more complicated queries rather than just, you know, what's the weather and, you know, and, and do basic natural language processing, which the systems are really good at. They're really good at natural language processing. They can handle all sorts of stuff. We may, co- we may come and re- revisit this. I think in 2021, we're going to come and revisit it. I, I think from, from a research perspective, one of the things we may do a little bit of a short analysis into, as to why the voice assistant market is actually hit the wall. And by the wall, I think we mean that not that sales has stopped. I mean, certainly um, companies are pushing out their devices like everywhere and voice interfaces are everywhere. But but there's a bit of an adoption wall and we could talk about it. And I think a lot of it does have to do with trust, which was the previous prediction, one of the previous predictions about how people are spending a lot of time now talking about trust and ethics and responsibility. So those are those are our predictions from last year. Don't we could spend a lot more time on it, but we're mindful of your time here on this podcast. <laughs> of course, you know, some big news. I mean, you know, everybody knows what the big news for 2020 was, right? You know, you had the, the global pandemic, which shifted everything. From an AI mm-hmm. perspective, we've had a number of podcasts that we talk about it. We'll talk a little bit about that later here in um in this episode, we'll talk about some of the various different ways in which AI impacted COVID. We had one particular podcast where we, where we talked about AI and COVID. Of course, the other big change was just the move to remote. Everything was remote, you know, working right. from home, <laughs> school from home. Um, I do think that uh, this is sort of not specific to AI and machine learning, but I do think people now are getting much more comfortable with uh, remote systems, you know, whether it's voice conferencing, uh, attending events remotely. Uh, there might have been hesitation or people been like, oh, this is not going to give me the same kind of experience, which is true. It does not give you the same kind of experience. It's actually a very different experience, but it is still mm-hmm. a valuable one. I think, you know, all of us who are running our lives remotely know that, oh, we could still do things uh, remotely, right? And that's, it's given us some confidence, I guess, in, in that to some extent. Um, and I think, of course, the well, last, I'm sorry, go ahead, Kathleen. Yeah. Well, I was just going to add to that. You know, I think that in the past, remote, um, you know, if you joined a conference virtually, it was either you got access to just some of the content or it was considered, you know, a lesser event than something that would be in person. And I think that that has quickly shifted so that you can now get a very full experience. One other benefit that Ron and I have seen because we have now run many virtual events throughout 2020 is that you're able to get a much more global audience than you would otherwise. Um, Speakers can be more, you know, spread around the world and even across the country, you know, we're based in the United States. So we can get speakers from many different parts of the country and we don't need to worry about coordinating their calendars to get them to fly into a certain location to deliver um, a panel discussion or something like that. So there's been some shift and I think that quality um, of the content has been on point. I wouldn't say that it's gone up. I think that some content, you know, was very quality beforehand, but I think that we've been able to keep a very high bar with that. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, only last big bit of news here, and we'll talk about this later, was the general release of something called GPT-3, which is a very uh, the largest uh, trained neural net <laughs> of any kind, uh, which was focused on generating text. A uh, very specific application, but it but has a wide range of, of implications. That went out to the general public this year. There's been a lot of conversation uh, with, with Microsoft investing a billion dollars in OpenAI and all that as to where that's all heading. And probably in 2021, we'll do a little bit of analysis there. There's a... I won't get into it now, but there's there's some some thoughts as to what that generally means for AI as a as a whole. So exactly. yeah, and to, we did a podcast on that. It was released back in November. It was what what is GPT three and why is it important? So we encourage you to check that out if you'd like to just dig a little bit deeper into GPT three because we won't spend too much time in this podcast on that. Yeah, exactly. So. One of the things about 2020 is we had some fantastic interviews with people on the AI Today podcast. I don't know if it's because everybody was remote and therefore not traveling as much. I don't know. Maybe people had more time. But I got to tell you, we we were able to, to have some fantastic interviews in part because of uh, AI Today's increasing visibility. So thank you all to all of our listeners. We are, if you look at the growth on our chart for, for podcast listens, it is definitely going up. So we really thank you all very much. We're a, a top three AI podcast now in uh, iTunes Spotify. Uh, we're on various lists. And if you don't see us on any list, you should tell them to put us on those lists. If you're not subscribed, you should be subscribing because we've had some great interviews. So, you know, uh, our podcast 129, we're already well past 129. It was like early in the year. We interviewed uh, Colin Angle of iRobot, and he's also done a whole bunch more. He has been involved in AI for decades uh, mm-hmm. with, with uh, Rodney Brooks, who is a luminary in uh, AI, the second wave of AI, the whole uh, perception-focused, uh, you know, way of learning rather than encoding rules which was sort of like the previous, they sort of broke the mold on that. And uh, he was, uh, Rodney Brooks was Colin Engel's advisor at MIT, and then Colin sort of uh, spun out and uh, built iRobot. And it's a great story, and you should really, really listen to that if you haven't, as to uh, what he believes the future of AI is. And um, fantastic interview. Yeah. We also got to interview Nick Thompson when he was the editor-in-chief it, at Wired. He's now since uh, moved to, I think, The Atlantic, mm-hmm. but he was editor-in-chief at Wired at the time. You know, we had some really great insights because um, he's been able to see it from more of the media and news angle. So we had a really incredible interview with him as well. He provided a bunch of insights into where he he is seeing AI now and where he thinks it's heading. Yeah, he has a lot to say about China. And, and that one, yeah. and uh, <laughs> thoughts on 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 why China is pushing so hard for AI dominance. So you should you should uh, listen to that China has been all over the news in 2020. So uh, in in podcast number 140, we interviewed uh, Suzette Kent. We had a lot of great interviews with uh, with government AI leaders, not just U.S. but uh, worldwide, um, but also just in general um, with people who have really been pushing forward on their uh, thoughts on how AI will be used. And Suzette Kent has shared some great great things there, uh, as well as Lord Tim Clement-Jones uh, from the UK 
House of Lords also shared some insights what's happening uh, worldwide there. And uh, we've had uh, interviews also with the OECD. So we've had a lot of great people from U.S. government and federal government, uh, you know, and state. We're actually going to do more with state and local governments across the board um, about uh, what's happening with um, AI and AI in general. But we've also interviewed people through uh, that are that are not in the government, right? You know, some luminaries oh, in yeah. industry. Yeah. Well, and actually, speaking of OECD, that mm-hmm. by back in February when we were still allowed to travel, I went to Paris to speak at the OECD conference that they had where they launched their One AI. And we got the opportunity to interview Igor Perisic, who's the chief data officer at LinkedIn. He was able to talk to us a lot about how LinkedIn is using artificial intelligence and how they've been using it for quite some time as well. So that was really great. And then that's podcast 143. And then podcast 169, we actually got to interview administrator Emily Murphy from the GSA. Mm -hmm. And she has been in the news Quite a bit because we have had an election <laughs> that was a little contested. So, um, well, by the some it was played a, played a big role in in the post election news. And so we interviewed her. Actually, I think it was the Friday before mm-hmm. the election, mm-hmm. um, and then it released. So that was a that was a really incredible interview too. We talked mostly about how the GSA is adopting artificial intelligence, how their centers of excellence came about. Emily Murphy had a role to play with that that creation and how they are adopting automation and artificial intelligence. Exactly. And we we've, we've actually had quite a few uh, interviews with government. So uh, we've interviewed the head of uh, AI at the Department of Energy, Cheryl Ingstad. We've interviewed Krista Kennard and her team at the Center of Excellence at the GSA, as well as uh, Neil Chowdhury, uh, who's also at the GSA, uh, the General Services Administration, which is the ed- the group that Emily Murphy is actually was uh, she's the administrator of. So we've had so many, um, so many, and we've also interviewed at the state level. We had uh, Carlos Rivero, who was the Chief Data Officer of uh, this, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And we've interviewed at the local level. We had uh, Dan Hoffman, who is uh, now the uh, city assistant city manager at uh, it's the city of Winchester. Winchester. Yes, Virginia. So, you know, it, there's a whole bunch there. You know, if you're interested in that, we certainly dig deep into that. Uh, but as mentioned, we also spent quite a bit of time with uh, industry leaders as well. So we could share exactly. some of those. Yeah. And these are just highlights. Obviously, we produce our podcast weekly on Wednesday, so we've had quite a bunch. But we wanted to spend some time just highlighting and recapping some of our some of our podcasts from 2020 in case you didn't get a chance to listen to it or you'd like to listen to it again. So we were able to interview um, Shariq Ahmad from Morningstar. Mm-hmm. He talked that was podcast number 164. He talked about automating data automating data collection for artificial intelligence. He also spoke at our Data for AI conference. So I know many of our podcast listeners attended that. So thank you so much. And we hope that you really enjoyed that conference. Um, So if you got to listen to him talk there, great. If not, you can check it out, dataaiconf.com. It'll be up for a little bit longer. Um, And also check out his podcast because he gets to talk about things in more detail. We also interviewed Job our Jad Abu Maruf, who is the chief data officer at Fulton Bank. Mm-hmm. He talked about the human side of data and artificial intelligence. You know, Fulton Bank is a regional bank, so they are not, uh, they don't have, you know, very large 
customer base, but they're a, a fairly large bank. And, you know, just like with everybody else, they needed to deal with the pandemic. And so he talks about, you know, that human side of data too, to think about that and why that's super important, especially when it comes to artificial intelligence. Yeah. I mean, one of the cool things he was talking about, the fact is that the data represents humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, the data yeah. is, is people and, they, and they, they, they have a really strong regard for it. So small regional bank, you know, most people may never have ever heard of them or work with them, but, you know, I think has some really great perspectives on data in general. And, and its application to AI as well. And many of you, of course, are familiar with American Express. It's the complete opposite in terms of <laughs> brand and awareness. You know, American <laughs> Express, everybody knows American Express, right, worldwide. And we had Raja Jain, who is in charge of fraud and, and analysis there at American Express. And they share insights into how they're using machine learning and AI. And it's really, very helpful. Again, he also spoke along with Chad at the Data for AI conference. So these are all highlights from that conference. You know, and we, we were really excited to have... Uh, Khalifa Aljada, who is uh, head at, of AI at Home Depot, I forget his exact title. So, uh, but he is—he 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 is the person there who is especially responsible for recommendation systems and personalization systems. Not only does he share how that works at some pretty good level of detail, I would say, on the podcast, but the at the Data for AI conference itself, he actually presented a whole presentation with it, with the slides and the details. You can actually learn. Maybe if you have the skills, even build for yourself a recommendation system that works and looks a lot like Home Depot. So, uh, you know, we've had some other great uh, industry folks share their perspectives of AI and finance, for example, Rajiv Sambial from BIY Mellon. And looking at things from the healthcare perspective, especially the insurance perspective, Shiv Misra from CVS Health uh, shared some insights. So these are a fantastic run of podcasts. If you want to hear how AI is being applied in banking, insurance, healthcare, finance, retail, automotive, and just a little bit of a preview, we have someone coming up on oil and gas. Actually, we, we just, we just actually, those are out. So Halliburton's out yeah. and we have some with the GlaxoSmithKline GSK. So we got tons and tons of interviews uh, with folks who are actually doing stuff right now in the industry, right? Right. You know, and that's what we like so much because we get to interview people from a wide range of different industries. We have public sector, we have private sector, and then as Ron mentioned, energy, oil and mm-hmm. gas, healthcare, finance, retail, automotive, pharmaceuticals. So, you know, it's really nice to be able to see how all of these different industries are going about their adoption and their journey with data, artificial intelligence, and machine learning as well. We have had many episodes. This is just a recap of our 2020 um, episodes that we're doing right now. We've had many episodes in 2019 and 2018 with some leaders in these spaces as well. So we encourage you to check that out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these actually, these interviews have come not just from the fact that we're out there and we're visible. And by the way, Kathleen and I also write for Forbes and Tech Target on this topic of AI and its adoption, especially in industry and government. But we also run the AI in government uh, conference. And that's the other big change that happened in 2020. Uh, you know, we, run, we, we ran what used to be an in-person monthly event at George Washington University in the D.C. region uh, that was focused on adoption of AI in government. But uh, it turns out that, of course, uh, everything sort of closed down and we decided that would make it virtual. And it's become amazing because Kathleen 
uh, said earlier, uh, when when you can invite a worldwide community of not just attendees but presenters, everything gets bigger, and and that was fantastic. You know, we've had some great you know uh, sessions there. Uh, one of the other uh, podcasts that we had that came out of our AI and government was the Emma Immigration Chatbot, which was an interview with Courtney Winship at the United States uh, Citizenship and Immigration Service, and she talks about the use of um, chatbots for mm-hmm. uh, services, which, which of course became hyper relevant in in this world of of virtual uh, uh, events and, ver- and just everybody working remote. You know, one of the things I want to note is uh, also we cover a lot of research, and uh, you know, one of the things that that we do cognitive we're going to definitely spend more time focusing on market intelligence because this market for AI and machine learning and predictive analytics and just more advanced forms of analytics is becoming very uh, mature, and you know, we cover over twenty thousand vendors as part of our of our general research, and uh, we share with our listeners. So, this is another insight. If you want to get insights into the market, and maybe you know you don't have to necessarily be an, an analyst, customer, advisory customer, just stay subscribed to this podcast because you will get some of the insights from that research. For example, uh, the fir- one of the first podcasts of the year, we talked about the AI adoption trends and forecasts for 2020. We'll do another research report in early 2021. We look worldwide right. at strategies and laws and regulations, what's happening with that. As well, we have a separate report focusing on country-level strategies, like what are countries doing? How are they investing? What is their venture capital ecosystem like, their their enterprise mm-hmm. ecosystem like, their research? We spend some time really digging into it. But we we have a couple of other reports. Kathleen mentioned a few of them in our uh, – when we were talking about the recap, but we could talk about, about some more of them. Yeah. We just wanted to highlight a few of them as well because some of these we had done podcasts on and then some of them um, we we – didn't focus specifically on podcasts, but we talked about, you know, the machine learning operations report that we did in 2020. That was podcast number 136. And we talked at a high level about details from that report and insights and key findings that we found in that market. We plan on producing a updated report in 2021. And I know that there's going to be lots of edits and additions to that report. So keep an eye out for that. In podcast 149, we also talked about our digitization and digitalization report that came out. I think that this year, many companies and government agencies realized they might not be as far along in their digitization and digitalization efforts as they would have liked. (laughs) And this started to become a problem when they had remote workers. So this actually was was a fairly significant report that we put out because it's really highlighting you know, how different companies and agencies um, need to move forward. You know, we covered the market in there, but I think that that topic in general was really important because it's it, it was something that became hot for 2020. Mm-hmm. And, and and one of our most recent last podcasts here, so the one prior to this podcast was actually focused on machine learning platforms. We talk about the the growth and change of the, of the market. We're going to keep a very close eye uh, on all that. And part mm-hmm. of keeping a close eye on all that is we are going to be running more free. I just want to point out that all of our conferences that we have online are free to attend. We never charge a ticket price to attend an online conference. We know that other people are doing that. You know, they're running events with ticket prices. And honestly, I don't, we don't understand that because 
as a person who's working from home, which is going to probably continue into 2021, you have mm-hmm. a lot of things you can do with your time. And the thing that we're competing with for, if you want to think about it, is your attention. And getting your attention is important. Charging somebody just uh, for to attend an event where this content is probably available in many other forms just does not make any sense. You have a lot of vendors, honestly, promoting stuff, and you have to pay to listen to them. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. You know, it makes a lot of sense, of course, when you have luminaries in the industry, you know, end users and governments and, and, and academics, they present. But even in their case, it's like they're trying to get the word out. So long story short, we will never charge to attend our event. Now, of course, we have sponsors supporting the event. That's how we make these events happen. So if you are a vendor who wants to support one of these events, we highly encourage you to reach out to us and support one of our events. One of the events that we ran last year, this 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 year, I should say, but by the time here, it may be last year in 2020, was our Data for AI conference, which we've mentioned multiple times. It was September 14th through 18th. It was five days well over 100 speakers, hundreds of sessions. Um, we have made that content available for three months after the event. That's all other philosophy. Keep the events open to, to view. Uh, probably right now you can still get access to it, but starting in 2021, we're going to just show you what was there, but uh, we're going to be planning for our next conference. So we will take some of that content down for viewing, but, but it'll still be there. Uh, all of our conferences, you can register immediately. We have a lot of on-demand content that does not require you to attend live to, to view it. Everything's available on replay and available for three months uh, after the conference is over. And we, we time it out only so that we can motivate people to, to come and attend other conferences. So, um, you know, the, the Data for AI conference focused on all the aspects of managing data, data preparation, data engineering, data labeling and annotation, sourcing and generating data, and just in general, managing the data lifecycle. We had some fantastic speakers. A lot of the podcasts you just heard, some of them were speakers at the um at the event, at the Data for AI conference. And uh, we, a lot of our speakers in the last few podcasts are previews of what you're going to hear for the upcoming Machine Learning Lifecycle conference, which we have a little something to say about. Exactly. So our Machine Learning Lifecycle conference is taking place January 26th through 28th of 2021. Mm-hmm. As always, it's free to attend, as Ron mentioned. And you can go to mllifecycleconf.com. That's mllifecyclef com, So you can check out all of the sessions that we have. Just like with our last conference, we will have both live sessions that will then be available for replay afterwards. And also we will have on-demand sessions as well. So we'll be having um, a future podcast give a specific highlight and preview for the machine learning lifecycle event where we'll go into topics in more detail and some of the key presenters and um you know, keynotes and panels and sessions that we have going on. So definitely pay attention to that one. But just at a high level, this conference will talk about machine learning model development, machine learning model management, the ML ops area, um, model governance, and then also general sessions related to the entire machine learning lifecycle. So we're just as excited for this one as we were for the Data for AI conference. So please do check it out and make sure to register. 
Yep. And and we'll be sharing more of those insights on uh, some of some of our speakers here. So again, uh, I know this is a little bit of a promotional podcast. We're basically telling you to listen to all of our podcasts, stay subscribed. But we do want you to stick with us and give us feedback. We really do want your interaction. We do hear regularly from our podcast listeners. We know we have fans out there. We know that there are people who listen. You could be part of this conversation. You know, part of the way that you could be part of this conversation, of course, is you know, giving us feedback, you know, send us email info, I N F O at Cognolytica, C O G N I L Y T I C A.com. That's one way you can do it. Another way to do it is to, of course, subscribe so that you continue to get these updates. You never know. Maybe you might only care about one out of five podcasts we, we produce, maybe, or maybe you care about all of them, but you should stay subscribed because that's the way you, you get a hold of what we're doing. And we are going to do our best to get you the best content here on this podcast podcast, the best interviews, the best content, the best insights. And if you're a listener and you think there's somebody that might be a good fit for our podcast that is an influencer that you know very well, please reach out to us. We do try to focus on people who are putting AI into practice. We know there's lots of technology vendors and solution providers and companies out there that are selling stuff. We know that they want to be on this podcast because they have something to sell, but that's not really what this podcast is about. And if it was, we'd probably lose a a lot of our listeners. So I really, honestly, if you are a vendor, um, get us one of your customers <laughs> to speak. Or if you're a vendor and you have a connection with a really uh, high-powered AI researcher or luminary, please reach out to us in that case. And of course, the other way you can support us is by supporting this podcast, sponsoring this podcast, and of course, supporting our events where a lot of our sessions uh, and content come from. And that's, by the way, the other way that you of our listeners can support us is attend our events. You know, please be part of it. We had well over 2,000 people registered for Data for AI Conference. Some of you might think that's a lot. Some of you might think it's not a lot. Well, it depends, you know. Uh, but we really want all of you there uh, participating. Even if you can only make a few sessions, please do register for these events. Uh, we want to see you there. We want to hear you there. And, of course, all of the speakers want to see you there and hear you there, too. So that is another way to, to participate in this community that is AI Today, uh, the AI Today podcast community, which is tens and tens of thousands of you, lots of you, maybe soon to be hundreds of thousands of you. So we really do encourage you to be part of this uh, conversation. Yes. And listeners, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to this 2020 recap podcast today. If you've enjoyed listening, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including a link to the ML Lifecycle Conf, our AIToday.live, and our AIandGovernment.com sites as well. Uh, if you'd like to listen to additional podcasts, especially some bonus episodes, we do encourage you to listen to those at AIToday.live. And thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. 
For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.